hello. Welcome to Healthy Perspectives, a podcast that takes on current cultural and social issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. We know there are lots of options out there and we are glad you're choosing us, um, mostly because we want to help. And today I'm going to attempt to uh, present something in a way that might explain some stuff that maybe will give you a new way of looking at the same old problem. Uh, the old problem that I'm talking about is all of this chaos that we see in the social, cultural, or political arena that is being created on purpose. We call it manipulation. Uh, manipulation is a very interesting concept because the question becomes, well, what exactly is manipulation? Right? Aren't we manipulating every time we interact with anybody for any reason? Like if I want to uh, do a business transaction, let's say, well, isn't that somewhat manipulative? I'm trying to get you to buy something that I have or a service that I have so that I can have money and you're trying to get me to use my service for you so that you can have whatever fixed or, you know, something going on there or the product that I have or whatever. And so there's this, uh, this transactional nature within relationships. And to that, I say, pooey. I know that was ridiculous, uh, but no, really, I, I say that's, that's garbage because transactional relationships are not real relationships. Real relationships are based off of love. So I want to go over a transactional sort of model that happens sociologically and culturally all the time. And this might help you, uh, my hope is at least, that it'll help you understand some of these games that are being played in a political sense, but also in a psychological sense. And so we're going to look at the macro level and the micro level of, of the victim triangle. And so for those of you who are watching on Rumble, YouTube, you're going to have an opportunity to see something. I'm going to put it up here for a little bit at least and let you see this uh, this really poorly uh, written because it's my handwriting from, I don't know, several years ago probably. And I kept, I, I just snapped a picture of it because it, when when I went over it, it was very helpful uh, to a group of people that I was working with at the time. So <clears throat> this is what we call the victim game. Now, I told you it's the game that we, we see played. Now, politicians are very creative. They use this on purpose. But psychologically, we use this on purpose for very different reasons. Now, first, I want to start with this. This is a dumb game. You shouldn't play it. Okay, now let me say that again. It's a dumb game. You shouldn't play it. Why am I so adamant about that? Because it's a cyclical game where everybody loses. In the end, everybody loses. And I will help you understand why that is. All right, so let's start with the victim. You see up there, it says the victim. I've also given you my cheat sheet here. So you see the cure uh, for each of these things. You see alternative names, right? The victim. The victim is, is the person who is perceived to be 
the one who is wronged. Now, in the victim game, you need to understand you do not need three different players. You can play this game. Sometimes, you know, some of you might play this game in your head where you victimize yourself. So you're the persecutor. You then are like, oh my gosh, poor me. I like, I, why am I so mean to myself? And then you rescue yourself. You're like, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And so you play this ridiculous game in your head. That being said, more often than not, when we see it in social dynamics, there's at least two or more people participating. So the victim, oh, by the way, all of these things have to be present for the game to be played. If you take one role out, the game falls apart. It doesn't, it just doesn't work. Um, and typically in a social arena, if you take one out, the others move on to find people who will play the game. So if you refuse to be the victim or you refuse to be the persecutor or you refuse to be the rescuer, the game stops for you. And they go to find other victims of the game. <laughs> kind of funny play on words there. But yes, they, they truly do. will find other people who are willing to play the game. So you got the victim. You've got the persecutor. That would be your bully type uh, player in the game. Or, 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 or the one who's causing the victim to be the victim, right? And then you've got your rescuer or the hero. Now, some funny things you need to be aware of. Number one. You don't have to play any part. Matter of fact, truly, there are times where people are victims. They're not playing the victim game. They are actual victims. More often than not, it's the game that's being played when we see a victim. Um, so when there's an actual victim, this game doesn't apply because it's not about the game. Right. So, for instance, uh, I work with people who have been uh, experienced massive traumas in the past, maybe sexual abuse or physical abuse or or emotional abuse for 15, 20, 30 years. Uh, they they could be actual victims. So there is a scenario where there's an actual victim. Uh, but in those situations, it's not really a, a persecutor. It's a uh, a perpetrator. So there's different language. And then the rescuer isn't really the rescuer. They are, uh, they, they bring empathy into it uh, as a means of um, uh, connecting with the victim, giving them a sense of, hey, you still belong. You're okay. Uh, in the sense that we like, uh, I, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to hate you, that kind of a thing. And so they're not really going into rescue per se. They're going into to help out, um, which is very different than the rescuer role. The rescuer in this game wants to be the hero. All right. The persecutor uh, is, is often the persecutor as a means of playing the game. They may not even want to be the persecutor, but they feel comfortable playing the game. And so they persecute as a way of, uh, a lot of times the persecutor and the rescuer can be the same person. They persecute and then they come over and they're, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, that was such an accident. I, oh, oh, you poor you. I, I like, I, I can't believe I did that to you. Oh, please forgive me. And they, they play the rescuer role. So it can get really confusing, but at the end of the day, look around. 
Look for victims, persecutors, rescuers. When you can find those roles being played in a situation, you have a victim game. You have a form of psychological manipulation going on. That's what's happening there. And some people love this game because it's it's comfortable to to be responsible is hard to be a victim is easy to be uh you know sufficient um adequate is hard to be a hero is exciting to be the persecutor. Now, you're going to find something about this persecutor. The persecutor. Most people do not actually want to be the persecutor. Matter of fact, when I get into the macro level, the big picture level, I'm going to highlight more about the persecutor for you. So hang on to this image for those of you following on Rumble, YouTube, and all that kind of stuff, because I'm going to come back to that. So let's talk about how this plays out in the, in the psychological world. If you have ever seen what we call a pity party, if you know what I'm talking about, like this is not like made up junk. It's where one person feels bad and all these other people come in and they want to feel bad with them. Oh my gosh. Yes. They are so bad. I can't believe they did that to you. Like he just yelled at you or he, you know, he should never have said anything like that. That was, oh my gosh, they're rescuing the victim. Now, let me tell you what's actually happening there. All of those rescuers want to be heroes. They want to fit in. Okay. And not only do they want to be heroes, but they are telling the victim you are insufficient without me. You cannot, you cannot rescue yourself. You cannot help yourself. You need us or you need me. You are incapable. That's the message that the victim is get, which is a reinforcing. They're, they're getting that because it's reinforcing their internal dialogue of I'm being so wronged. I can't believe how wronged I am being. So are they actually the hero or are they re-victimizing the victim? Uh, they're re-victimizing the victim, which is reinforcing that role. That's why a pity party, the, the, if there is actually a victim, the victim gets really frustrated and irritated with the pity party because they don't need somebody to come and rescue them they need somebody to empathize not not take on their emotion but love them through their emotional experience that's it they just want somebody to come in and attempt to see the world as if they're them but without taking on their baggage which in this case would be emotion okay so now you see the victim and the rescuer working together uh, in, in that way. But there has to be a persecutor. So in order for this game to be played, we're looking for what we call common enemies. Common enemies can be in the form of people or it can be in the form of situations. Okay, It doesn't have to just be people. It could be a particular type of situation. Now, if a persecutor does not exist, we start to see persecutors being created. Uh, 
this is when we get into the politics thing or the, I'm going to have a whole bunch of macro examples. All right. But hang with me. All right. Uh, On the micro level, on the individual level, the small group sociological level, the persecutor is often a person or a trigger, a consistent situation. It could be uh, snoring at night. It could be, I know you're not bad, but you're snoring. It's driving me nuts. I'm the victim. And now we need a rescuer. Does that make sense? So on the little, on the smaller level, that's what we're talking about. And this game gets played all the time. There are cures. For those of you who are watching, you got to see the cures already. The victim has to set boundaries and say like, no, hold on, time out. Don't take my crap. I am not going to accept that I am the victim in this game. So yeah, was I wronged? Probably. Do I care? None. Zero. Right? Because why? Because I can set boundaries. I can tell that bully, that persecutor. I can tell that, that look, uh, the snoring thing. Well, I could go to a different bed. I could go to the couch. I could sleep on the floor in a different room. I am not the victim. Is it awkward? Is it uncomfortable? Sure but I'm not the victim. So the victim has the ability to do that if they set boundaries, All right? The rescuer then doesn't have to come in and play the game. So the game dies. The cure for the rescuer is hubris. It's hubris. It's, it's understanding that you're not actually better than the victim. Your stuff is not more important than the victim. Uh, sometimes I, I'll put in there um, humility as well, uh, kind of like with the persecutor. It's the idea of knowing your place and not overstepping. And again, that comes down to boundaries, respecting the boundaries of the person that's playing the role of the victim. If you respect their boundaries, if they say, I'm just really mad because so-and-so, da-da-da-da-da, and you say something like, hey, why don't you just go talk to them? Oh, I can't do that. You know they want to be in the role of the victim. If they say, I can't do that right now, but you're right, that's a good idea, they're saying, I am not going to accept the role of the victim, and that drama goes away. This is a way of killing drama rather than creating drama. And the cure for the persecutor is humility. It's humility. You don't have to have a victim. Don't create it. Okay. Be humble. Don't judge. You know, those kinds of things. Now, let's switch to the macro level, the big picture level. Why I'm talking about this today. Because... I'm watching as as our politicians today, we're, we're ramping up for the election and our politicians today are playing this game. Go ahead, watch them. Watch them all. Watch the Democrats, watch the Republicans, watch Biden, watch Trump. Watch them all. 
And I told you earlier, I was going to highlight the persecutor in this particular category. Let me play it out for you. Race relations, some big terminology, race relations. There is the assumption that there is a victim. Who's making that assumption? Now, I'm not saying there can't be real victims. Don't get me wrong. Please don't take my words out of context. There can be real victims. But in the political arena, they're not showing you that there's a real victim. They're not. Because, frankly, if I'm being completely transparent and honest with you, although we have a ways to go with our race relations in the United States, uh, it's about as good as it's ever been in any nation, probably in the history of time here in the United States. There is less hatred, but the politicians don't like that because then there's not a victim and they need a victim. Okay, play it out. Let's take a look at gender. Same thing. Let's take a look at economics. When they talk about economics, what are they trying to tell you? They're trying to tell you you're a victim or you're a persecutor. That's what they're trying to tell you. So let's go to the persecutor thing for a moment. Let's take a look look at that. Does Donald Trump wants to be a persecutor? Be honest. Does, does Joe Biden want to be a persecutor? Be honest. What do they actually want to project the most? They want to project that they are heroes. They are the rescuers. They'd prefer not to project that they are the persecutors. I'll give you a, a really clear example. Uh, Joe Biden had documents. Donald Trump had documents. Under the direction of Joe Biden, you can, you can go do your own research. Under the direction of Joe Biden, maybe it's because he remained silent and everybody knew what to do or whatever. But Mar-a-Lago was raided. These are facts, pretty clear. Uh, Biden, as the president, could have directed the FBI to do something different if he really wanted to, but he didn't intercede, which is great, fine, whatever. But Joe Biden wants to be nowhere around the persecution of Donald Trump. And yet, Joe Biden had documents in a garage, not even locked up. He had him in a university. And you'd say, well, that's totally different. He cooperated. Uh, he cooperated. He still took confidential documents out of the skiff and put them in a place where they didn't belong. He is just as liable, just as guilty in every single way. The fact that he cooperated after he got caught, it's like, you know, okay, I know I robbed the bank and I'm not literally, but I, I took a hundred thousand dollars, but Hey, I don't have the hundred thousand anymore, but I'll cooperate with you. Are you still guilty for robbing a bank? You're still guilty because you took something out of a place that wasn't yours to take. That's called theft. You can't do that. And what did Joe Biden do? Exactly the same thing that Donald Trump did. 
But Joe Biden does not want to be labeled a persecutor. So he stays as far away from that topic as possible. And Donald Trump is happy to play the victim role. So then where's the rescuer? Ooh, Donald Trump is counting on you to do the rescuing with your vote. See how this game is being played, folks? And because Joe Biden is not the persecutor there, he's still counting on you to see that Donald Trump is not the victim he purports to be. Because if you if you look at Donald Trump and you say he's not the victim, then maybe you'll give him your vote. And then you'll be the hero for them. See how this game is being played, folks? I'm trying to help you see it. Trying to help you understand that at the big picture level, they're playing this game. And I'm going to leave you with this punchline. The easy way that you can stop the game is don't be a victim. Don't be a rescuer. And don't be a persecutor. Stop playing the game. If you do that, then this game will go away from our politics. It will go away from our small groups. Our pity parties will disappear. The drama will go down. Will it be perfect? No. You know, I can't get this game out of all of you. I wish I could. But some of you enjoy the game. You're comfortable in the game. But if you stop playing the victim, if you stop playing the rescuer, if you stop playing the persecutor, this game dies. It ends. That's what I got for you today. I hope this was helpful as you approach the uh, the election that's coming up. Please keep this in mind. This is good information to help you process some of the things that are going on in the world around us. Um, look for those victims, persecutors, and rescuers. And when you see them, if there's not an actual victim, an actual victim, somebody who's been raped or molested, somebody who's been beaten, somebody who's 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 been murdered or, or something like that, if there's not an actual victim, don't play the game. Just don't play it. I hope this was helpful. Thank you all for joining me. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate our audience a lot. So we give you some simple ways to track us down. Please like, subscribe, and follow all the podcasts on different platforms. But you can also email us at healthyperspectives at protonmail.com. Or you can check out our website at healthy-perspectives.com slash podcast. It's a backward slash. So if you want to go to our landing page, if you go to healthy dash perspectives.com. You'll still find us. You just got to click on the podcast button. Thank you so much.